0: Should have waited until we hit record and then I could, could do that again.
1: Coffee,
0: no. <laughs> please. That, that's okay. Well, it is. Uh, I don't have a good way to start it. <laughs> it's April thirteenth, everybody. Um, is is it still cold up there? Are you? No, it's no. finally out of the. It's really weather?
2: starting to get nice. Yesterday was a oh, beautiful. Okay. It started out gloomy, but it became one of the most beautiful days so far this spring. Yeah, really nice. It's going to be so nice when there's grass filling in all the garbage on the, on the edges of my property. It's going to be so nice. <laughs> we're finally, everything's starting to turn green here, finally, this week, yeah. which is really nice.
0: But that means I have to mow, so that's a bummer.
2: Yeah. We have a guy, I pay a guy to mow the lawn only because, well, last year, because we were so busy with the show. And he said, he was, you, you still want me to mow this year? And I thought for a minute, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you could do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you could
0: do that. Actually. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a son who is going to be mowing this year? So, oh, that's it's you know, kind of nice to be able to pass that you, off. You
2: know, I have a zero turn mower that I bought just before the show, so it's only gotten it's got very low hours on it. And every time I try to move it, I like knock over. It's in the barn. Every time I go to move it, I knock oh, yeah. something over. I drive, I get jammed up against the fence. <laughs> and the whole time I'm using the zero turn mower, I'm completely alone, listening to NPR, my headphones giggling because I'm like driving over stuff, getting ca- <laughs> caught on logs. I'm just like, oh my god. This we thing is not from, easy to drive.
1: We bought one from Lowe's uh, when we moved into this house three years ago, and they, they dropped it off. And all I had to do was just drive it from the driveway <laughs> to the shed in the backyard. I hit every single thing. <laughs> It now, is so
2: I, it is like Chris, it's like you think like you get in a like if you get on a forklift, like that's a whole yeah. different frame of like, okay, I'm driving a car but basically backwards, but you gotta remember when you turn what it feels like you're driving a your car in reverse, but you're going forward. <laughs> so it's like you have all these weird turning radiuses. Then you get in a zero turn moment and you just drive directly into the wall. Like, <laughs> like?
1: It doesn't make sense. But now I can mow the lawn in like twenty minutes. I'm so I'm so good at it. But that first time it just did not click in my brain. So yeah. we've got a zero turn at the farm, and
0: there's not a flat – well, there is a like a 20-foot flat spot, but the rest of it is not flat. And so if it is wet at all, that thing will slide out. Now, I haven't gotten stuck, but it'll slide out. So if I'm like on the side of a hill trying to cut, uh-huh. the back end is drifting around, which is a lot of fun, but really bad for the grass. You know, like using the zero turn to kind mm-hmm. of drift. Drift bike. Yeah, drift track, drift mower. Driftmower. Driftmower. That's, that sounds pretty awesome. Well, what's up?' what's,
2: what's going on? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to take this summer. I have a little bit of traveling to do. We're going to Bob, you going to England, right? Yes, you because I saw you on the website. Um, <clears throat> I was just making sure because I don't I didn't remember you mentioning it. anyway, you I'm going to be there, so when I come back from that trip, I don't really have much traveling scheduled, and I really don't want to go anywhere. So I planned on building this little rowboat I've been planning on since last year. Finally, think I'm going to have the window, and I'm going to start building a, a go kart. And so I went on eBay the other day. I bought a bunch of parts. Dave, what is what is the chemistry behind wheel hub bolt hole patterns? There doesn't seem to be one. It's like metric three, standard three. Uh, as far as I am know, there are two
1: different. There's a um... four and a three, is what I keep seeing. Oh well, there's two different three hole patterns, or I think, or something. That's What I saw. I, yeah.
2: it, what, like, let me ask you: When you built your go kart, like, how what 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 axle did you? Because I see there's 44, 29. There's all different. There's a few different sizes.
1: Um. Well, to be honest, I never finished that cart. Uh, the oh, one right, I raced. What, what yeah. axle?
2: What what axle do you have? Like, what size axle are you working?
1: I think it's um, I think mine is an inch and a quarter axle, and I don't know. The uh, length, but the length is not all that important because you can move the wheel hubs.
2: What, what I was going to say is it seems like if it's a 44, it's got a four-hole pattern. If it's a 29, it always has a three-hole oh, pattern. So the axle I have is, is uh, the, the ones that we
1: use. It's mostly just like a a tube, and right. then it has keystock in there. So then you can put oh. your wheel hubs on there. Um, and so the, the hole pattern is on, on the wheel hubs.
2: That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they – they, Anyway, I, I just said, you know what? I bought a bunch of parts, and anything that doesn't align, I'll just throw in the lathe and make it fit. So I was like. <laughs> do, you, do you need a, a gas tank? I, I don't know Are yet. I, I might just buy one of those Harbor Freight Jammies. Do those okay. come with a gas tank on them? They
1: they, they do, but we remove them, and then um, we have a floor, floor pan-mounted tank. So we have oh, a, wow. a fuel pump in a fuel line. Anyways, I've I've got a few gas tank cleaner on and I don't know what to do with it.
2: Well see, once I dig into it, I mean I'm 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 doing my typical thing where I kind of vaguely look at other stuff just so I don't want to get too locked into a concept. Yeah. And I, I thought I have two go-karts right now. They were these go-karts that came with the track. So we we did some spring cleaning on Monday and pulled them out of that garage and looked at them and I was like, you know what? These things look like Model Ts compared to what I envision as far as making a cool go-kart. So I thought I was going to use all those. or we'll take one of them, cut it apart and rebuild it into something cool. But looking at them, I'm like, nah, this, let me just get new, fresh parts. I went on eBay. and uh, One thing, there's nobody sells, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm looking at all these different websites. Nobody sells a go-kart kit where you can get everything except for the motor, all the front, all the back, steering, maybe a seat. And no frame. No one sells that. It's just like, there's all kits for rear axles. There's all kits for hubs. There's all kits for both sets of hubs. There's all kits for steering wheels. So I finally found three that seemed to work together.
1: One thing for what you're doing, one thing you might want to look for, a good search term is yard cart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y-A-R-D. Um, and then... I Think there are like there's like a website like gokartfab or cartfab.com, and he has kind of plans where it might get interesting is when you get into the steering geometry. Mm -hmm. But there are some amazing videos that really go into depth on steering geometry for a yard cart.
2: Yep, so that's my plan. I'm gonna start working on the boat. Yesterday, my brother's here helping me. We collected all the wood I ripped off the porch for last year's video, which is still in process for the porch rebuild i got all that decking, and I'm going to turn all that decking into the boat, as much of it as I can. I'm going to put some finished ash and some beautiful wood at some of the the more visible spots. But the hull of the boat, I'm thinking I might – I looked at this boat I am making instead of keeping it super all wood, I'm going to see how it looks because I'm going to piece it together with random lengths. It might not look great, but what it will I, – what I might ultimately do is paint it. So I've seen versions. I'm making what's called a Rice Lake Skiff. It's designed by a guy named Steve Killen works with uh, Bear Mountain Boats, for the boat nerds out there listening. A Rice Lake Skiff. It's a 13-foot rowboat, and I've seen versions painted. So I'm going to use this wood on the porch, today, and if it does not look good once it's all pieced together, I will just paint it a color from Total Boat. I could also be paint an interesting pattern on it, come up with something interesting, and then leave just certain wood accents showing, and then leave the, the hull itself painted. So that's something I'm considering. But I'm so let me at least get into the build. Beth?
0: Let me ask you a question about the boat. I know that you've talked about the canoe in the past, and I remember you going through that and how long that took and how many mm-hmm. just how much work. How much work is this one, this style of boat, compared to the canoe? Is this going to be faster? Is be uh, I think it's the before? same. It's
2: the same, but oh. I'll be faster at it because I know how to do it better. Hmm. And in this case, I mean, I think I'll be able to assemble it faster, but. I do have to mill up all the wood, which will take some time to prepare. I got to plate off all the paint that's on it and pull all the nails and yield as much good strips as I can out of it. So, and it's that, still
0: going to have like the fiberglass, the same process on the outside. Yep, yeah,
2: yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, over the outside, over the inside. And if if you were to buy this kit from Bear Mountain, which I'm going to mill all my own wood, I just bought the plans. I, well, they gave me the plans. I'm going to just go buy the plans. I, I I I have an email into Steve. I was going to ask him for the CNC patterns, but they don't give those up to the general public, but he might give them to me since I'm going to be making the boat for, uh, you know, for some PR for everybody. So I might CNC the boat molds, but the other day, that's why I dug into the racetrack garage because in there is where I had the canoe strong back. It's that big, long square tube. And on top of that square tube, you, you attach the mold. So the other day I pulled out the canoe mold, took off all the stations. Those are those curvy wooden, panels and I put them aside and I'm preparing the strong back for the new molds that I, that I have yet to make, but that'll be the first step in the process is making all those new molds. And I gave, I'm going to give Jackman, I said, this, this boat molds are for you now that you, you take it and you make the canoe. Soon. And then you guys know that, uh, have you seen, um, uh, uh, Pask makes is making a, a boat too. He's making a, a kayak. If you guys haven't oh, seen. Haven't. So, uh, I'm encouraging Jackman to get on, get on the boat making train so Hmm. anyway i'm gonna start that and the i'm I'm really excited to play with the the go-kart the the other night i was up till three or four in the morning just like going nuts searching on ebay searching on instagram searching 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 uh, isn't it funny when
0: you get like you get fired up about some little idea like that and then it's just like okay what all are the things that i can buy what are the things that I'm going to yeah. need for this and how much, yeah. you know, how deep can, can I think about this boxes, without
2: anything you, in front of me? You, you know? put you put all the boxes in the garage and then you never open
1: them. <laughs> 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 I've been there. Yep. I've got a whole bunch of airbrushing stuff that's just sitting unopened <laughs> in a box because one day I was like, I am going to get into airbrushing and I got mm. the, the the guns and the pump and the, all the paint. It's not even touched and it's been sitting there for at least a year. Yeah. You'd love
0: that man. You should really you should spend an afternoon and just put some paint, it doesn't matter what it is, in the airbrush and with a piece of cardboard and just play with the tool. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, oh, I mean, like, I'm terrible at it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But you would yeah. probably, you know, get the feel for it really quickly and be like, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> I see how I could use this.
1: It's fun that I remember that day very well. I don't I don't remember what triggered it, but I was like, I need all of this stuff and started watching a bunch of videos. And I was texting Bill from Punish Props. I'm like, what, what compressor do I need or is this going to be okay? And he's like, yeah. And I run out to Hobby Lobby and get all the stuff. And it's just, just sitting there unopened. Just sitting there.
0: So. <laughs> yeah i mean it's not something like i use very often but and, and it's one of those things that it the gun itself is a it's a feel because there's two things that you have to do with this finger plus mm-hmm. your hand you know and yeah, you
2: got to pull and push on it push push yeah, and, pull back and Double if action. it's not
0: something you do on a regular basis then you kind of have to relearn it every time so every time i use it i have to spend 15 minutes like Wait. Okay. What mm. does it do if I do this and that kind of a thing? Um, whereas somebody like Bill, it's second nature. Like he can just he uses it so much and is so good at it, he can get what he wants out of it. But it's a lot of fun. You should do it. Take, like pick an afternoon, put it on your calendar, and be like, I'm I'm just going to play with the
1: airbrush. You know, definitely try should to be productive with it. Yeah. What have you been up to? What have you been uh, doing this well, week? Well, I, I should let you go first since what I've been up to. Might oh. transition into a, sure. a larger conversation.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, the video that's coming out this week for us is uh, I made a dice tower, and so <laughs> we've we've all been talking about playing Dungeons and Dragons lately at the office. We built this gaming table so we can play that and other games and stuff. But we're starting a kind of a D and D night or a game night with all of us um, that we're going to start doing once a month or so. And so Dice Towers came up as a, like, oh, this would be a fun thing to make because the point of a Dice Tower is just to throw a die. Dungeons & Dragons has a bunch of different shaped die, so there's, like, a bunch of different numbers of sides. One of them is a pyramid, which I don't have one in front of me, but it's a four-sided die, and that does not roll well at all. Like, you have to you have to really spin it to get it to tumble, you know? And so the dice tower, the whole point of it is just to let you drop in a die and it will force it to tumble to make sure that it's actually a random size. It's kind is. of like
2: something coming through like a Chinese p- p- Plinko thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways to do it, but the, the point, whatever the mechanism is, the point is just to make it tumble.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the cool thing about that is that it doesn't matter what it looks like, you know, and so people decorate out the outside of them all different ways and everything. So I ended up making one out of clear acrylic and I use this, this thing, this is a LED matrix. And so this is an 8 by 8 matrix and I used this as the base and then built a clear acrylic box up from it with ramps on the inside of the box Mm -hmm. and then the top ramp where you drop the die in has a limit switch on it so when you drop the die in the lights go off and it lights up through the thing as the die is falling down and then the die spits out one side and like as an idea it was pretty cool visually it looks okay Like, it's not great, but the cool thing about the, it does what it needed to do, but with the video, I was like, well, I'm going to make one, but why doesn't everybody in the team make one? Everybody just do your own thing, whatever you want, and then we'll show that, you know, the Dice Tower doesn't have to really do anything, so it doesn't matter what it looks like, it doesn't matter how you make it, or whatever. And Josh and Anthony and Megan all made one, and they're so much better than mine. They're (laughs) so cool looking. Like, Anthony modeled one in Fusion, printed it, painted it. Uh, Megan found this really great model online, and we printed it out. She did this fantastic paint job. Talk about somebody who, like, wanted to use an airbrush. She ended up doing it all by hand because she didn't want to try the airbrush. But it looked amazing, like, really detailed paint around this little thing, and she'd never done anything like that before. Um, Josh made one out of Popsicle sticks that turned out really great, and he, like, added weathering to it and everything. But it was a lot of fun to – to experiment with mine, even though it's like visually it's okay. But to watch theirs come together, I think was, was really cool. So that's what we did this week. And then I've been out at the farm, uh, working on the Carme more, And I think last time we talked,
2: you were was, afraid you were lost in space. How do you feel? Yeah.
0: I feel a lot better about it now. Oh, good. So I finally got the, the heater channel, the kind of core, you know, it's the bone <laughs> of the the thing. I got it welded in and started adding some of the interior pieces that are all going to get covered up, so, which is great because they're super ugly. The welds are nasty. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to figure out how to weld sheet metal. I had to get the settings on the welder to work well with sheet metal. And it took a lot of experimentation. Like I looked up all sorts of stuff and tried to replicate people's settings and there's just too many factors to be like, oh, well, so and so said to use this. So I'm going to use this. It just doesn't really work. Um, but I was able to this week, you know, experiment with that enough and do enough of this particular type of welding to get the feel for it and get the timing and get the placement. And uh, I was underneath the car working in a wheel well, and my arms are scabbed up. In this little the area between my wrist and my where <laughs> my shirt ended, I just had like burn marks all the way around top of my head, burn marks, and so I like stopped in the middle of it and got on Amazon I'm like, all right, that's it I'm fine i I get it i'm gonna get up one of those goofy welding hats that everybody wears, and I'm gonna get a <laughs> welding shirt, and I'm just gonna have them here and oh. and it made all the difference in the world to be able to get underneath the car not have to like try to dodge sparks and worry about that I could then focus more on what I was actually doing which made it better it's crazy how that works um, but so anyway all that to say I made some progress and I feel like it's actually going in the right direction um, I still may run into the problem down the road of the doors not quite fitting or you know having to adjust for the doors but I'm kind of just I don't know, I th- I'll i figure that out later <laughs> which is totally against my nature uh, but I can't control that now you know, I can't control how the doors are going to fit at this point because there's nothing to fit them against so, anyway, progress feels good to have some progress and got in a bunch of the other body panels that I had ordered rocker panels and stuff, so now I have the the actual pieces that I can the outer pieces and I can hold them in place and start to fit them and figure out what it's going to look like. And pretty cool. So that's what I've been into. Jimmy, have you been making anything this week?
2: Uh, I put up an old video last week uh, because I was traveling. I went to Northwest Arkansas. And what's crazy is the day after I left, there was like all kinds of tornadoes and stuff. So I was like, I never heard anybody say, like when I went to new Orleans, you could, you get, uh, I started hearing NOLA. NOLA, like I never heard of that before until I went to New Orleans. And then everyone's like, Are you in uh, NWA? I'm like, NWA. Like people are texting me. I'm like, What is NWA? Like Northwest Arkansas. I was in Bentonville and Fayetteville just for a new project I told you guys before we got started. But I might be going there more often, but starting a business with somebody there. And me and my, me and Howard, my business partner, it's all related to the Walmart stuff. So I'll be going to Northwest Arkansas more often. But when I got back, I got back Sunday night. I was surprised to hear there were tornadoes there the day, previous, uh, that, that particular morning. Anyway, I'm working on truck bed modifications. Uh, sorry, Derek, you have to wait. I'm, wait- I'm, waiting, on- <laughs> I'm waiting on truck bed modifications. I'm waiting. I am doing truck bed modifications. I did them. The previous actual video that I made in current time was for the silver truck. Now I'm doing truck bed modifications for my modern Chevy. These are ideas I've had since I got the truck. So I am doing them, cleaning up my truck bed, which looks like a disaster. It's all rusty and and scratched up. So I repainted some of it. You'll see in the video. But I'm doing a couple of truck mods that the average junk picker like me might want to make, may or may, want to, may, or may not want to make to their truck. So I'm doing a couple of mods. Uh, it's not going to be an extremely visual video because it's kind of more like technically stuff. And it's just that kind of tool organization in the work bed. So I'm working on that, on the truck bed. And I have to do it. It has to be an advertisement in it. And then this weekend, I'm going away again. I'm going away on Sunday. I'm going to go hang out with George Vondriska. So I'm going to be in wherever George lives. Wisconsin, I think. I never looked at the ticket, the airplane ticket, where it was supposed to go. They bought it for me. So I think I'm going to Wisconsin, I think is where I'm going. <laughs> That's the that's old Howard Stern joke So uh, I'm going to be in Wisconsin uh, This weekend No, uh, from like Sunday to like Thursday And me and George are going to do a bunch of videos for the Woodworking Guild Probably going to do a live stream at one point So I'm going to also Miss a video next week But I, don't, I need the break anyway I've been kind of on a hamster wheel mm. I don't mind taking the break And then my channel, I'll probably lose all my subscribers And no one's going to watch any video ever again But there's the consequences I'll deal with Probably, yeah, that's usually how it works it is. This it isn't
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, David, what's up? What's uh, what so happened in the four hundred or so projects that I've done over over the last seven eight years? I've <laughs> never stopped recording the video and said that's it until yesterday. Anything really? that yeah, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It was. Uh, It it, it was
2: not savable, Uh, you you just given up, you just pulled the plug, you said enough, I'm going to the next thing. I've done that.
1: It's uh, well, I'll, I'll so we were making uh, wooden, a super simple project like wooden coffee mugs. I found oh, you mentioned
2: this with the liners,
1: yeah, with the liners. So I found some whiskey glasses, they're stainless steel whiskey glasses, and they're like. 11 ounces, which is like the perfect size for a coffee mug. And then I got like a couple Yeti ones too. And I found a Forstner bit that's the exact size of the whiskey glass, uh, whiskey glasses. And so I was going to make two on the drill press and then two on the lathe just to show a couple different ways to do, to do it. And uh, so I glue up some blanks and I wanted to get a flat bottom. And so I'm running one of the blanks over the joiner and I noticed there's just a big gash right in the middle where where i'm joining that face and we look at it and it's just missing i have the 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 helical head and it's missing one of the carbide inserts screw still on there which means that carbide insert broke and flew off somewhere thank goodness Mm. it didn't fly and hit me in the face um and so at the time i was just like no big deal you can probably buy a tooth not you know I don't need the joiner anymore. We'll move on. So I'm over at the drill press. And the last project on the drill press, I noticed there's a little bit of visual runout on my on my chuck. So I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll remove it, put it back in, should be fine. And it just kept getting, and I'm using the Forstner bit to bore out this hole. And it's just getting worse and worse. And I'm like, so we start talking about it on camera. I'm like, I have this fancy drill press. I'm not sure what's going on there's nothing interfering with the fit with the, I don't know. We're just going to plow through it, whatever. And so uh, a bad chuck. And then actually I I remembered that I had a chuck that I use on the lathe that actually had the same taper that I was able to put in there. So we've lost a, we've lost a carbide insert for the joiner. We lost a, a, a chuck for the, for the drill press. And then we're over at the table saw and I have, this is at the point where the inserts are already epoxied into the blanks. And so uh, the next step would be to cut off the excess on the table saw and then take it over to the bandsaw to do the, the, the final shaping. And the thickness of the bottom of these inserts were a different thickness than the side walls. They're all like double all stainless steel and they're double lined and I didn't account and I didn't measure the height of all of these inserts before gluing them in. So I, so you're going by the depth. You're thinking, you know what the depth is. Yeah. I'm thinking I know what the depth is. So I'm running one through the table saw, saw stop break comes on. Oh, uh, bam, I hit the stainless steel. So, uh, when the saw stop brake goes off, it's a one-time thing. You have to replace it. I forget how much it is. 70 bucks, 60 bucks, 80 bucks, 80 80 bucks. Mm. Okay. So that's that. That's the, that's the third thing that I have to replace. And then sometimes, uh, it ruins the blade. And sometimes it doesn't, I've been able to recover the blade. This one, it chipped the teeth right off. Uh, and it's, it's the forest woodworker (sighs) two blade, So it's like a $150 blade. Yeah. I can have it repaired. I think Forrest will repair that, but still, insane. So we've lost we've lost a, a carbide insert, a, a, the chuck, a, a brake, a blade, and it. At this point, it's just comical, and I'm and like I'm talking about all of this on the video, and I'm like, you know what? I got mad at first at the first couple of things, but we're just having fun. We're just gonna go with it. I'm gonna have a good attitude no matter what happens. And then we get over to the bandsaw, and I start cutting, and the bandsaw blade breaks. And it <laughs> oh was, was mind-blowing. It was just like, <laughs> I couldn't, this was all in one project. A simple project that was supposed to take a day to make, anybody can mm. do, and all of these things went wrong. And uh, I, I, my brother was over, and we were just, it was mind-blowing how, how bad this day was going and I was like, that's it. We're not going to finish this project. I'm still going to make the video and I'm going to talk about a bad day in the shop. And, uh, so I'm like, let's go, let's go to the, the wood supply store. Uh, it, it's the one that's not Rockler. I guess I'm sponsored by Rockler, so maybe I shouldn't say Woodcraft. But there's a Woodcraft in my in my town, so we go to Woodcraft. It's five hundred dollars of replacement parts. With I got a Ooh. I got a keyless chuck, which is like seventy bucks, and then uh, I got a new brake and uh, a new blade. And you can't buy just one carbide insert for the helical head. You have to buy you have to buy ten, <laughs> and it's a hundred dollars. So I spent five hundred dollars on replacement parts on a simple, stupid wooden coffee mug. I lost two of the inserts because <laughs> oh, after I triggered the, <laughs> He's I forgot getting going down. I know I was after I triggered <laughs> the the soft stop break and I hit the insert. I'm like oh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it on this other blank and I, I'll leave enough room. Also, I re- and I had a replacement break and so I'll also turn off the brake this time, just in case I hit it, hit the stainless steel again, just in case I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. do it two times <laughs> in a row and I hit it again. So I, I ruined Ugh. two of the coffee inserts. It was such a crazy day. And so, uh, I, I'm still going to make the video and I'm going to release it on Saturday. And it's just going to talk about the day and, and, and calling it quits. And so the four blanks, two of them were still good. And then two of them were ruined. But I sold at a pretty, I think, a pretty cheap price. I just wanted to cover shipping. I sold the four blanks to Patreon members of my channel. And I'm hoping that these four people will take them and actually try to salvage them or make coffee mugs. And I'll reattempt the project again in a couple months. And I'll highlight those. And it'll make for a a good story. But I've never called it quits. I never got hurt. But I was just like, you know what, the universe is not on my side today. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. It was bonkers. That's tough.
2: I-, I never like officially called it quits, but there have been videos where I just put it on the side and said I'll get back to it. Projects, you know, obviously no client projects, but video projects where I could make that decision and just step aside. I'm in the I'm still in the middle of my tile project, which isn't so bad. I thought I was going to do it all that one week a couple weeks ago. It was boy, was I wrong. I did fire the tiles and they look pretty good. Some of them came out pretty good. I did realize that if you hang a tile off of the shelf inside the kiln, it will droop like a cookie. Did not know that. Mm. So there were like little bits and pieces that hang off the shelf and then they drooped over the edge of the shelf. So now I have a tile that is not a tile anymore. Like a Salvador <laughs> Dali clock type <laughs> yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep making them. I'm going to go through with them. Uh, most of them are flat. Just a couple I, I messed up that way. And for the most part... They're not so bad, but I lost my mojo for the project. I will finish it, Mm. and it will be a video ultimately. But I'm in the middle of doing it, and I'm like, making pottery is not that visually exciting unless you're really good at making like fancy stuff. If you're just gonna make a tile, it's just like pull it out. Oh wow, that's great! You know, it's like if you're really good at making pots and spinning. So I got to get better at the the more visually exciting stuff.
0: The wheel is a lot more exciting to watch. Yeah. Because you can see the shape, the profile change.
2: Exactly. So uh, I'm going to finish this video, but I, I'm of the same heart and mind of like, whatever. Mm. yeah, <laughs> But there have been projects in my life that I've abandoned. And I keep finding projects on, because I went through all these old hard drives for the Roku project. And I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to get back to that project. Oh, yeah, huh? I was going to finish that. Oh, I just needed to do one more thing on that. So I have about probably 15, 20 videos over the last 20 years that are all just maybes. Like I start the beginning, like I found, remember a couple of years ago, I was going to make, I was going to make a brass bell and I still want to do that. And I found the wooden pattern and I have all the beginnings of me making that video and I was just like, oh yeah, I got to finish this brass bell. Yeah. I
0: remember when you were going to make me a bell to use for my project Yes, that I, I haven't been make- able to
2: do because I don't have a bell? <laughs> I'm gonna get to it. <laughs> I'm going you know, I think I might make it all a little smaller because I was being very ambitious in the beginning and I needed to milk a lot of brass and I didn't feel like I had enough tools to hold that much brass. You know, my kiln tools to hold. Th- so I'm gonna scale it down. If I make a brass bell like the size of a coffee cup, that'll be a little bit more. That'll be that'll be more in line with what I could potentially handle. So I'm gonna do that. I will do that. I'll make you. Bob, I'm gonna make you bell. I'm just gonna write that down. Make brass.
0: <laughs> mine, mine has to be loud.
2: It'll be loud. Yep. I'm going to give okay. you two bills, So It'll be twice as <laughs> loud.
0: The only project that I can think of at the moment that we completely abandoned, and I don't think I've ever even talked about this because I always figured that I would eventually figure it out. Um, I've seen people make uh, frisbee launchers before. I've seen several different ways to do it. Several different people do it successfully. And I tried all of the ways that I found and just could not get it to work. And I had this, I think it was a 7-inch Harbor Freight grinder, like a big, big grinder. And I thought, well, this would be easy to just mount this upside down in a plate, use that all of that motor, all of that spinning power right there in the center, and then it's just a matter of getting a channel that's shaped correctly to be able to drop in... um, you know, the dropping the Frisbee from one side, it gets pushed around this channel and you have to have the pressure has to be right in between the wheel in the center that's spinning and the outside edge. And so it has to compress the Frisbee a little bit to, shoot to push it around this channel, but not too much because then it'll get bound up. And so, you, you know, there's some doing to get that to work, but lots of other people have done it. And so I thought this will be a fun, like, experiment. You know, it'll take a little bit of... Testing, but we'll get there. And we spent a week on that thing, trying to get it to do what it should do. And I never got it to shoot more than 10 feet. Hmm. Like, it it would shoot it, but it, it just didn't have... The amount of rotation and power that was coming out of that grinder is pretty insane. And so I expected this thing to just, you know, launch. And we never could get it to really do what it was supposed to do. And event- eventually, I was like, I don't... I mean, there's no other... I'm not giving up because I'm frustrated, but I don't know what else to do that would possibly make this thing go. And so, we just kind of like set it aside. So in my garage, there's this big piece of plywood with a weird track shaped on the outside of it, and a grinder that's still bolted into it. Just left well, it there. I think
2: you, I think you need to get back to that because that sounds like something you could solve. If so you got to have that tenacity of like somebody else did something like it. I'm going to do at least that. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe if not that, better. Me and my buddy Mike were talking. Mike is uh, Jocko did a story about Mike called the Millionaire Machinist. I think it was what he was oh, yeah. called. And oh, I did man. a story on Mike with the he says the Octopus Lamp. Me and Mike were talking this week about, and I think his name is Shane, the kid that's called stuff, stuff made, made, made here. Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mike and him made friends, and Mike said that, you know what a nice guy he was, and we were just talking about his projects and how he never gives up. Yeah, he will do something a hundred times, and when he's doing it over, it's. It looks complicated to the average non-programmer, but I mean, it might be easy for him to try over and over the way. It's easy for me to do simple mechanics over and over, but for him to continuously try something until he gets it at least close to where he wanted to see it, or at least make discoveries and go in a new direction to come up with something altogether new. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Hmm. Do what Shane does and just keep making it until you get it. And then he's on a, a computer-controlled Frisbee robot. So <laughs> yeah, he's
0: on a whole different level. The stuff he does is pretty pretty insane. But yeah, I should get back to it. It might be a fun thing to to get working. With springtime coming up, too. You know, actually be outside doing something, which would be nice. Um, I, I did... I was telling somebody this yesterday. Last week, when I was in the thick of, you know, cutting stuff out of the Karmagia, there was a legitimate point where I was out there by myself, and I thought, I wonder... If it would be worthwhile just buying another car, like <laughs> oh well,
2: <laughs> and do a quick switcheroo, and I'll be like, okay, well, I'm not done. not I to I be
0: like dishonest deceptive. about it and switch it out, but just be like, did I? I may have actually screwed this up to the point to where it it would be easier for my life <laughs> to just buy another one mm. and start there, you know, and take what I learned about cutting out too much stuff at a time and and just do better, you know, but then. I mean I know that's not realistic. I don't want to spend money on another car, but also I realized that even if even if I were able to if I bought another car and I and I cut out less stuff at a time, I kept my reference points and was more patient even though I thought I've been patient with this, even if I did it differently, I would still only know what I know up to that point, up to that moment. And as soon as I get into the next phase of whatever I'm going to be going into unknown territory again, and so if I screw up it there, am I going to buy a third car? If I screw up, you know, in the engine, am I going to buy a second (laughs) engine? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to just, in that context, to be like, well, I probably killed it, so I'll just buy another one and start over. I can't just, I can't do that. So I decided. I mean, I I wasn't actually thinking about buying another car, but that was my defense mechanism. Is like, oh, maybe I killed it, and I just need to start over. But I. Got myself situated back to, if I kill this car, I'm going to kill it good. I'm going to ruin it hard Mm. and get all the way to the end and realize I ruined it. And then I'll just buy one that's already done. Mm. You know, or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I would actually do that, but I'm going to learn on this car. I have other cars in the future that I'm going to work on like this. And so if I'm going to screw up really, really bad, I'm going to do it all in one place. And then take those things that I learned on this one, and and do them better on the next one, or
1: you know, on the Vespa or whatever. I, so, I mean, worst case scenario, you turn that into like an open wheel buggy that you could have out at the farm.
2: Yeah, that's true. I have a great idea. You ready? Yes. A river gear. Mm. <laughs> like the whole bottom of the boat in epoxy. Mm. The whole bottom of the whole bottom of the automobile in epoxy. That's a problem. There's no bottom to the car. <laughs> well, you just put it in a big square box and then sculpt okay, it out. Like okay, BM sculptures. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it, it did cross my mind that I may have I may have failed. You know, I may have this one may be too far gone to come back from. I don't think it is, but.
2: No, but think about it like if you build one of those like uh what are they what are they called that that, that white that what is that white like really Home Depot countery plastic stuff uh linole, not the the plywood that they use it's like flakeboard with like a white finish No, oh, melamine? Melamine. Make a melamine box around it. Kind of level it in the box so at least the bottom of the box is the reference point so all like certain points are at least level to that. Fill it with one big chunk of like swirly resin and have it come up like and then just carve out all the spots for the wheels and stuff. And then just have it drive around <laughs> like it just came out of a chunk of ice. So you need, as long as like, you wow. just pick a new reference, like the new baseline of the car. Yeah. And then just carving your wheel wells inside that chunk of ice. That would look really cool. It would <laughs> look like a, like a stick that you pull an ice cube out, you know, with like fruit punch on the bottom of it. It
0: sounds like it would be more money in resin than just buying another Carmen Ghia. Ah, you get a sponsorship. <laughs> okay.
2: I, I like the idea of the fruit punch fruit punch ice cube Ghia. Hmm. Dear Total Boat,
0: that? I'm going to need a, 800 gallons right. <laughs> of epoxy, please. <laughs> Put a pin in that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to write that down. River Boat. Fruit, gia River Fruit Punch.
0: Okay, let's take that one step further. You could do like a like a river table, mm-hmm. but you could do it with a car. So you could cut yeah. a car in half oh, and yeah. cut sections out of a car and then fill that with epoxy and then mm. cut it out so you'd have, yeah. Mm. That sounds reasonable.
2: Well, you what you could do is like let's say if you split a hood down the middle and take out six inches and make it wavy on both sides, and then in, infill that with plexi, like a piece of plexi. Ooh! By the way, do you you know what everyone lost sight of? Do you guys remember the original river tables? Do you remember the original original river table? It was with all glass. glass. You yeah. remember that? It was layers oh, yeah. of glass, which kind of had yeah. a certain like long lasting beauty to it. Whereas you know, every time I see a river table, man, I'm just like, boy, I can't wait to see that in like a furniture supply there was closeout shop with big chips in the edge there was lawyers and stuff
1: involved the guy who, who came up with that idea started the glass
2: one yeah i don't yeah I, I don't remember the artist's name i think he owns the trademark i think right something is that true not real sure yeah I think, so. I think he owns the trademark river table i thought i thought so anyway but yeah the i remember those very first ones that were made out of the polished edge random edge glass I mean, those are beautiful and there's something about real glass that just has, like, a certain luster that you look at it and you're like, oh, mm. okay, that must be expensive. <laughs> right. There are certain beautiful tables, ri- river tables. You know, there's some guys that have mastered the art of it. But <laughs> Let's see. I guess, I guess some of those big burls must be uh, infused, you know? Is that what they do? How do they, they stabilize them? I wonder. They must yeah. stabilize them.
0: Yeah, I think they would have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
2: Cool. Um, well, I mean,
0: back to the, you know, failure stuff, uh, any any other failure stories or overcoming failure stories? I guess that would probably be more beneficial.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, I, I never really make, I never make any big declarations, you know, like breaking up with somebody. I never say, this is it, never, ever again. Uh, like, I will never personally make that decision when it comes to anything, breakups or, or even projects. I just go, you know what, let me just take a break from that. And if that break ends up lasting forever... That's, that's a different story. But in the meantime, it's always there to revisit because you never know. You might end up learning new technology that will help you come back to it and see things in a much clearer way than you mm. were when you decided to abandon it. Like, Bob, when you're done with the skier and you get the fenders all in the right space, the next one you look at, you'll look at something that just looks like it came out of like, you know, a Bugs Bunny acid bath and with no bottom you're like I, that's no problem I can fix that bring it over get it over there. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know once you go through the technology and you know your learning gets a little bit deeper and a little bit more yeah. focused you can go back to a project and say like I got this I totally understand where to do this now like mm. I, I remember that with a sewing machine when I start, first started using a sewing machine I was just like "Oh, this is such a giant pain in the butt but then after learning the idiosyncratic nature of this particular sewing machine and then using a really good one that was kind of more newer and more well-maintained and then realizing, Oh, okay, this is a dream. And then you'll me, get that way with the zero chances. turn as well. Exactly. It yeah, just yeah. coming out and like literally driving over the fence alongside my driveway and just laughing and giggling all along <laughs> and having to get out cause one wheel is now in the ditch and I got to like, I'm giggling the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I, I think, you know, it's important to, never say never in, yeah. in my personal opinion just you know always be like all right i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do it right this time it's
1: just funny yeah. i've never i've never called it quits i've always just kind of plowed through and i don't think i've i'm really calling it quits i'm just going to start over uh, in and in a couple of months and, and redo it i was it was just a point where like if i keep going May, you know maybe today is is not my day and i'm gonna end up hurting myself so let's let's just stop yeah. i was and i was at first i was upset and then my brother was over and I was like you know what i don't i don't want to I don't want to be upset in front of other people. Yeah. I'm just gonna have a good attitude about this. That's
2: <laughs> gonna be upset alone. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Exactly. <laughs>
2: can you leave, please, so I can be upset? <laughs> uh, but Bob, uh, Dave, uh, Dave, I'm surprised you glued the cups in. That seems like something you would probably want to do. Like, you know, you could keep fitting it up as you work and checking it and looking at so it. So
1: the thought, because uh, the reason I glued the cups in before cutting the outside shape is because it's a it's a nice it's a nice tight fit. And so there, I had to pound them in there because I didn't want any oh. gaps. And if I would have waited right. until I cut the outside shape, it might crack. or Get flimsy. Yeah. And so that was the thought process. But now that this mm-hmm. project is out there in the universe, and the, the four Patreon people may make those coffee mugs, and maybe somebody will see this failure video and also take that idea and run with it, maybe I'll get some really cool ideas from the community, and mine will yeah. be even— Better than what I envisioned in my head in the first place. So, yeah, no, that's good. Hmm. Yeah. So I, right now, yeah. I just I just got to use these crappy ceramic coffee mugs and drink coffee like, <laughs> a, like a, an animal. A, yeah, like an animal. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: all, all three of us have ceramic coffee
0: cups right now. <laughs> filter uh, animal.
1: Buy my Make Something mugs at makesomething.com. Thank you.
0: Mm.
1: There you go. Ceramic.
0: We, we've always talked about making mugs and selling mugs, and we never do it. And I think the reason is because I personally have so many coffee mugs. My wife has oh. <laughs> collected – actually, she's not collected coffee mugs. She just won't get rid of coffee mugs. So we have so many that I kind of feel bad producing more coffee mm. mugs to put into the world. <laughs> I should just give away the ones in my drawer. We first.
1: have uh, – so <clears throat> most, of, most of my adult life – we've always had like a mixture of like plates and bowls and you never had different sets of forks and spoons and nothing ever matched. And that was always okay. Up until recently we've like, you know what? We need our plates and bowls to all match. So we got rid of everything and we just kind of started over. And now we have a nice set of plates and all our uh silverware is, is all, all one set. And that's just, uh, that's just how we like things in our kitchen now, except for coffee mugs. We are totally okay with having every single coffee <laughs> mug completely different.
0: Yeah you know? we have a ridiculous number of really ugly and weirdly shaped coffee mugs and so they don't all fit together. Right. We when we got married, we got a bunch of plates, the same kind of thing. like we got a set you know that would like they all look the same and then over the years we would add like these random little plates that somebody would give us or whatever. And then a few years back when Jenny started doing pottery, she started making plates. And so mm-hmm. she would go every week to uh, – she was taking, like a, like, a class from her friend who did pottery. So she was learning. And as she was learning, they spent several weeks on plates. And she made probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 of the same profile plate. And then when she fired them, she did a similar design with different colors. And they're not exact. You know, because, I mean, they're handmade. And so they don't stack super well, but we have a big stack of handmade plates by her. That's cool. And I like that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to have, you know, all that. And she she made a bunch of, uh, I guess she could use them for coffee mugs. We use them for just, like, juice cups. They're, like, smaller cups. And she made a whole big range of cups. You have, like, 10 or 12 people plates. that live in your house, right? Yeah. Yeah. We go through dishes I very, bet. very <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty awesome to open up the drawer. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, it's pretty awesome to go into the kitchen that I renovated and open a drawer that I built and see a bunch of plates and cups that yeah. my wife made.
2: Yes, yeah, that's, that's cool.
0: That's a pretty awesome thing. She still won't get rid of the coffee cups that we have. <laughs> <you know. laughs> but maybe I'll get her to make coffee cups. Actually, so her, her stepfather passed away uh, several years ago, like a long, a long time ago. And he was a uh, contractor, this real big, burly guy, wore these big glasses and had a big mustache. And he was from uh, the Northeast and from Connecticut. And he had this big old, like, thick mustache. And so when she started making pottery, she wanted to make a coffee mug for her sister. And so she decided to make this coffee mug. And then to decorate it, she made a ceramic mustache. And yeah. Yeah, and it, the mustache sticks off the side of the cup, oh, nice. and it looks just like his mustache. And you look at the cup, and you're like, oh, that's Danny. Like Aww. That's him. You can see it. And she gave it as a gift to him, and she made one for us, too. So we have this one coffee cup with a mustache on it, which is pretty cool. Like, if you're making your own, right. you know, your own stuff, you can like put whatever weird decorations on the outside you want. Speaking of, give a little plug here, um, Whitehall Pottery. Think is what it's called. <clears throat> um, somebody we met, uh, Heidi is her name, and we met her at mm, Maker Central, I guess, oh, yeah, a few yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, or something. Does like yeah, yeah. incredible uh, pottery. Yeah, and, she's giving me
2: some tips in the in the background. She's great. Oh
0: yeah, good. Uh, she definitely knows what she's doing. But we've bought some pottery from her for gifts because she does. A lot of that type of – she'll make something out of clay and stick it on the outside of a piece that she's already made. So Jenny bought me, like, a couple Star Wars ones where there's, like, a Millennium Falcon made out of clay stuck to the outside of this coffee mug. But she made some that were uh, fish, like, really cool-looking – not, like, cartoony fish, but, like, realistic-looking fish that are coming out of the side of a coffee mug. And so we have some family members that like to fish a lot, and so uh, we bought those as gifts – and it's pretty cool, like, you're talking about making, you know, plates and cups and things that are functional and shaped, but then when you take them to a whole nother level by adding this sculptural stuff to the outside of it, it becomes like a total different level of of pottery, you know, something that I, it's pretty amazing to watch. But uh, anyway, just give her some props, because we've gotten several things from her. She does a great job with it.
2: Uh, You guys got anything else? Any other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Ideas? I guess if I could leave some failures. some closing thoughts. Never say never. You never know where you're gonna be in mm. a couple of years when it comes to technology, especially if you're curious and you're inquisitive. Yeah. You'll always keep learning. Don't. But it is it it is important to recognize when you're maybe in over your head or at like Dave, like you said, you got to a frustration point. You weren't in over your head, you just a series of unfortunate incidents that you just said, you know what, let me maybe this is telling me it's time to not get hurt or not get, get angry got going to know when to steer away or from it. And not lose any
0: more money. Yeah, just step back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, let me thank our Patreon supporters who are amazing and awesome. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them over there that are supporting the show, and we are really grateful for all of them uh, at every level. Everybody gets the after show no matter how, how much they're supporting us with. Um, but there's a top group that we like to call out because they go above and beyond and support us at a higher level. And that is Corey Ward, Alberswood Works, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, FunKiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, and Full Steam Designs. And uh, also, people like David Tanner. David Tanner's one of them. What's up? People that. He's a person that supports us on Patreon. What's up, Mr. He's awesome. Tanner. Yeah. So uh, if you want to join that crew and help out the show and get the after show, then you can go to Patreon.com/slash/making it. And uh, if you don't want to do that, that's cool. We're just glad you're here. Uh, you know, if you if we want to help in a way without giving money, leaving reviews on your podcast app of choice apparently really helps. I'm no podcastologist, but apparently. It will get it in front of more people, which is really cool. So
1: if you want to leave us a review, an honest review, that would be cool. I'm no podcastologist, but I play one on a podcast. <laughs> there you go.
2: Podology.
0: <sighs> well, uh, you guys got anything to recommend this week?
2: I was telling you guys about this book that I've been listening to. I started reading it, but then I realized I just don't have time to read, so I downloaded it. and It's read by the author, which I like. I like that type of audiobook. It's called Perennial Seller, The Art of Making and Marketing Work That Lasts by Ryan Holiday. And it's really good because it talks uh, about what it takes to make the type of work that we all want to make, which is videos and art that's going to be around for a while. And it kind of talks about the fault of the people that try to do quick stuff for quick money grab. You know, I think I'm guilty of both of those things, but it's uh, interesting. It gives you really good insight and uses, it cites lots of examples that we're all familiar with. yeah, so check it out. It's a good book. Perennial Seller: The Art of Making and Marketing Work That Lasts. Cool. Oh, you know what? You guys, I have another book to recommend. I'm going to go and get it, but you guys talk. I'll be right back. Right. Okay.
1: Uh, I was uh, I was struggling this morning to find a YouTube video or channel that I just haven't watched much in the last week, but I did see a documentary on Moby, the artist, and in cool. the in the '90s when Moby was. Huge, I wasn't. I wasn't much of a fan. But over the years, and with YouTube, I would see him in interviews and like uh, studio tours and stuff. And I was like, oh, he, he seems like a really cool, mellow dude who has a good head on him. And uh, and so I've actually started to listen to Moby twenty years, twenty some years later. I'm like, oh, this, I like this. And then I watched the documentary, and I was like, I wonder what this level-headed dude did in the 90s and then there's some like crazy stories I would you would never ever freaking believe that he was involved in and there was terrible huh. drugs and, and things like that uh, but it's it's an interesting documentary I like documentaries on artists it's just I, it's, it's always fun to uh, dive inside the head
2: of somebody who's creative so and it's Moby owned a sandwich shop in my old neighborhood I used to oh see him no kidding oh now. Well, you know, he was cashing in on his uh, his celebrity with the sandwich It was a good shot. It was like all natural food <laughs> in the Lower East Side, right around the block from my yeah, shop. Yeah,
1: he's um like he's very into uh, uh, you know like animal rights and, and and health and things like that. And so I just assume like this guy has always been level-headed and just a, a good dude. But he was involved in some. He's he got some crazy stories in his documentary.
0: Hmm. Cool i well, check that
1: out. We, I was in some
0: restaurant recently with my kids, and there was a, I think like VH1 was playing on a TV or something, and there was this video, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was a Moby song where he sang with Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I remember Moby as like, he's like a T-shirt and jeans guy who's really famous and makes music, and I liked Moby's music back in the day, but he was a very plain, you know, visually plain person person Mm -hmm. and in this video he's like all glitzed out and he's wearing all these crazy clothes because it's with Gwen Stefani and it's like part of the whole joke of the video and stuff but it was totally different than what I remember him being as and my kids are all looking at they're like what is happening in this video who are these people they have no concept (laughs) of who these people are and I'm just like well uh nothing just ignore it (laughs) it's like not even worth explaining (laughs) but I've forgotten about that one um what was the name of that document? Moby Doc. Oh. Clever. Clever name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have two. One is, you know, obviously I've been spending a lot of time uh, looking <laughs> up how to do body work and things like that lately. Um, and so I found a channel the other day, and I've only watched a couple of videos, but he's been around for a long time. It's called Lakeside Auto Body. And it just seems to be a good wealth of knowledge um got a lot of a lot of history on youtube of of doing body work stuff and so I learned quite a bit just from watching a couple of really old videos that I'm sure now you know are he's got probably better quality videos and better and more modern technology and stuff but it's good good resource the other one is a a video that i f- that somebody posted um oh gosh I can't remember the name of it now. It's like um, um, um hang on. Oh O Z O C. I don't know. It's a stop motion uh, stop motion video of making a milk crate. And it's it's really cool. Like <laughs> it's really some really interesting ways to show work woodwork being done without really showing the woodwork being done like he has to drill making a little handle in these things and you know you use a forstner bit to drill a few holes and then you connect them by with a saw and so he takes this little round thing like a like a cookie cutter and just pushes it into the wood and then the circle comes out and then he pushes it oh again. that's cool <laughs> uh this is really awesome little tricks like that too so you don't ever really see you know sawdust or anything like that the the tools that he's using to affect the wood doesn't make sense, but it's great for a video. Oh, this is so, fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the only one of of that channel that I watched, so I don't know if they're all like that or that or what. But anyway, go check that out. Uh, what's the other book there?
2: Oh, the I other book I, that I book want to talk well. about yeah. is a book called yeah, Tools, The Ultimate Guide by Jeff Waldman. And I did a little contribution to it. I don't know. It's been so long since we talked, I was giving him, he was asking me some advice about certain tools. And anyway, I helped him out in the very beginning, but you know, it's very, very little. The book is fairly thick and comprehensive. 500 Tools Featured, The Ultimate Guide of Tools by Jeff Waldman. So check it out if you want to, if you know somebody that's just getting into making and you want to get them acquainted with the available tools that are out there in the world, get them the book. Tools, The Ultimate Guide by Jeff Waldman. Jeff Waldman. Cool. All
0: right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this week. Um, Unless you guys got anything else. No? I think we're good. I'll take that
1: pigeon noise as a no. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Love